Hi Smooches, this year's holiday gift guide isn't going to be business as usual. We're discussing ways to spend less money and consume more ethically this holiday season if you choose to give gifts. We talk about how even if there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, it's our responsibility to do as little harm as possible in a society that makes doing no harm impossible. Along with ideas for where and how to shop, we recommend books we love this year for people on your list. And it doesn't cost a dime to speak up for the people of Palestine. Hi, Meg. Hi, Liz. We're recording in person, which is always nice. When's the last time we did this? It's been a really long time. Like maybe, maybe before, a year? <laughs> yeah, maybe before my maternity leave. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. Hi. Hi. How are you? We have a little pterodactyl in the next room. Yes. The baby is winding down before bed, so she's screaming. <laughs> but playfully screaming. Playfully like, screaming. Not she's an upset screaming. Yeah. So. She's so cute. Um, we recently, me, Megan, my husband, and some of our other friends went to the lake house, and it was Maya's first time at the lake, and she did pretty well. She did great. Yeah, she did great. She didn't, I mean, she woke up a few times and I was worried about her waking up the whole house, but she wasn't too bad and she had fun, so. She's just so generally, like, smiley and friendly. Like, even with Mr. Meg just now, she doesn't really know him. And she was looking at him like, I don't know who this woman is. But she was still like, yeah. I'm going to be friendly to you. It's a good change of pace from the last time she saw Mr. Meg and... Did she scream? She did. Like, he has that effect one, on TV. At one point, <laughs> I don't know what it was that she saw in his eyes, but she started... Yeah. Yeah. He's more of a, like, when they can roughhouse and be mischievous. Like, that's when Uncle Benno, yeah, you know, shines. Yeah, she's great with him. Yeah. <laughs> but he had a realization with our nephew, which okay. is that, like, maybe when you first walk in... You don't need to get up in the baby's face immediately and freak them out. Yeah. You got to enter their space slowly. Yeah. Like any person. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just babies are so cute and you just yeah. want to charge it. Zooms in. So today we're going to talk about holiday shopping. Last year we did a holiday gift guide. I can't remember if we did one the year before or not. I think we did. I think so. So we talked about doing it and then I've been kind of stressed out about it because i'm like fuck like i don't want to fucking promote capitalism right now mm -hmm. especially since there was just like a boycott of black friday there was a boycott right. of cyber monday um and there are all sorts of boycotts going on if you support the cause of palestinian liberation which you fucking should mm -hmm. um the BDS National Committee has a list of their targets, and there are some organic boycotts happening that they haven't called for, but people have been boycotting Starbucks because they threatened, or did, I can't remember which one, threatened at least to sue their union because their union posted something pro-Palestine. Mm -hmm. McDonald's is on the organic boycott list. So I don't say this to virtue signal, because I'm certainly not virtuous in the way that I spend money all the time. Like, I do... I've done same-day delivery from Amazon more than once, you know, for shit that I did not need that same day. I just wanted it. So, mm -hmm. it's something that I've been thinking about 
a lot over the last few years, and in part it's for selfish reasons, that, like, I spend too much money, and I don't like feeling like I'm broke, so I'm trying to be better with my money in general, and with that comes trying to be more intentional with how I spend money. So there are some people calling for shut down the economy, don't buy anything for Christmas, just completely only buy the necessities, and that's valid. If you want to do that, more power to you. That is amazing. I also acknowledge that the holidays are one of the few times that a lot of people can actually get together. That's true. And get time off work. And it's culturally significant to exchange gifts. So it's like, you know, you can kind of understand that. But man, the the Black Friday thing, I don't normally go out and shop on Black Friday, but like I have ordered things before. Mm -hmm. Same. And I really thought boycotting it would be no big deal at all. Mm -hmm. And I was weirdly having a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. Like I think because of the like inundation of like all of the ads Mm -hmm. that just are a tidal wave at this time of year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of hard. Even on Cyber Monday, too, mm-hmm. it was kind of hard. I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but... No, it wasn't just you. I had an issue with Cyber Monday specifically because my 2024 planner that I was showing you, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this price is really good, and it's a company that I know shares the same values that I do, right. and they treat their employees well, but... I didn't want to participate. So I like literally bought it after midnight. Yeah. They still had the Cyber Monday pricing. They just like kept it all week. Mm-hmm. So is that still in the spirit of the boycott? Maybe not. But because I bought it on sale. Yeah. But I also I also live under capitalism. Right. So it's like. And it's like the hallmark of my household is where I was like, well, there's no real ethical consumption under late stage yeah. capitalism. It's like. I don't know. The number of times that I've thought I was making an ethical purchase Mm -hmm. only to realize that, like, this company was owned by this parent company under this umbrella and been like, well, fuck. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think that I'm not saying this about you because I know that you think about it more than some people who say that. Some people who say that, they say, well, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Fuck it, we ball. (laughs) Fuck it, we ball. (laughs) (laughs) So just, just who cares? But, but I think, I believe that there's such a thing as harm reduction and you can like try to change how you spend. So I thought of some things that I think would be helpful over the holidays and also moving forward just so that we can think more intentionally about how we spend our money. So wait, before we started this, um, earlier today, I was like watching a video or like scrolling through my explore page on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was like how I am anti-consumerist during the holidays. And I was like, oh, okay. And I yeah. clicked on it. And she was like, you can already tell it's like a joke. So I cannot stop laughing. She's like, well, how I don't consume over the holidays is that I have no money from already mm-hmm. consuming all of my money. Yeah. And I was like, bitch, preach. <laughs> like, yes. Today I saw a video where someone was saying, stop DMing me things to buy because mm-hmm. I'm broke. Mm-hmm. Buy them for me. <laughs> That's my thing about Instagram ads is I'm like, quit showing me stuff. It's yeah. like $500, $300. Mm-hmm. Show me something that I could recently yeah. purchase. I don't remember where I saw I'm sure I saw it on TikTok, but I saw something about 
Jeff Bezos trying to directly lobby for, like, getting rid of TikTok, for the TikTok ban again. And people are putting two and two together that it's because TikTok shop has become a thing, a very annoying thing, where it's like every other video on the For You page is an ad for something from TikTok shop. But some people are saying, well, TikTok shop is clearly taking a chunk out of Amazon's business. Okay. Which makes me kind of like it better because apparently <laughs> there are small businesses putting their stuff there yeah. and reaching people directly. And it's all it's all a clusterfuck. It's just like none of it is good. No. So I'm going for less bad. <laughs> That's the reality. Yeah. Honestly. So um, for the holidays specifically, I want to recommend thinking of paring down your list and doing things like secret santas white elephants Mm -hmm. but instead of like doing just like gag gifts actually do things that are meaningful or useful and i can't stand when people give a gift that is literally just like for the joke and then it's Mm going to go in the trash and it's going to be in the landfill yeah far longer than we exist on this planet way longer than the gag yeah. But and, and my family's gag gift exchange is often like a 24 pack of toilet paper. So like I'm like yeah. sweet. Yeah, that's useful. <laughs> You're going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> so last year I was introduced to Elfster by my internet friend Mama Beard teacher. She does an annual book gift exchange on there and it's a great idea. You just make a wish list of the books that you're interested in and you get a random person who's also participating in the gift exchange. They pick one of the books based on the spending limit and send it to the address that you've designated. I know that it's it's tied into Amazon, but I think you can just buy it elsewhere and just come back to Elfster and say, I bought this thing. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly the process of it, but I remember thinking like, oh, this is pretty easy and streamlined so you can just wish list things and with a group of your friends just each buy for one person so already mm. you're saving money and you're not buying for a bunch of people and you're buying something that you know the person is going to like mm-hmm. because it was on their wish list and then with buying books in general i am trying to order more i'd rather support barnes and noble than amazon mm-hmm and my book is on Amazon. Amazon's really easy to self-publish on. Um, it's right. also on Barnes & Noble. So I did that recently because I like the idea of being able to direct people somewhere other than Amazon uh-huh. to buy it. So if you are interested in buying physical books, which I think you should be, and I'm going to get into that in a second, you should check out bookshop.org. You can designate a local bookstore and it's it's from like a distributor stock. So it doesn't matter if they don't have it in stock. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good way to support these tiny bookshops like our local romance novel bookstore. Mm-hmm. They are a teeny tiny location. Right. They have a good selection, but they don't have everything. Mm-hmm. Anything that's on bookshop.org, you can order directly from them. And you designate the, mm-hmm. the yeah. bookstore. Yeah. So they get it cut. Um, same thing with audiobooks on Libro.fm. It's exactly like Audible. The selection is a little bit smaller than Audible because there are some books that are Audible exclusives. Yeah. 
do you listen to those very i mean i guess you don't have audible but like they have never been a huge appeal for me i guess is what i'm saying well it's not just that they're like audible exclusives like produced by amazon they're just some audiobooks that i have not found on libro.fm that are on amazon okay and i haven't found them like on barnes and noble or anywhere else okay like i was looking for the audiobook for mornings and janine um, by Susan Abuhawa, who mm. is one of the authors I'm recommending later. Um, and I only saw it available on Amazon. Mm. Okay. So I found that most books that I want to listen to are on Libro. So same deal with bookshop.org. You can designate a local bookstore to get the money. Boom. And obviously Libro will take a cut. Bookshop.org will take a cut. But from what I've heard, I do think that it's helpful to these small retailers. It's not going to take money from them. Yeah, right. It can only help. So another thing, the reason that I want to emphasize physical media, I'm going to start buying DVDs again. Okay. Because it's crazy how quickly a piece of media can just disappear from existence. That is true. It's something that I don't Think about on a Mm day-to-day basis. But yeah, it can just be erased. Yeah. So HBO Max changed to Max. And in the process, there was this whole, like, thing with Warner Brothers and Discovery. And there were projects that were filmed in the can done, like the Batgirl series. And they shelved it for tax reasons. Shows like Westworld that had been on HBO Max for years that were successful, that had devoted audiences, gone. Mm Mm-hmm. So even if you buy digital media, who is to say that Amazon isn't going to go into my Kindle and Mm -hmm. yank something? Like, I'm so curious about people who bought that Ivy Smoke Roughing the Princess book that was like the... I don't know anything about this. Oh, my God, Meg. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) This will one day be a wild piece of internet lore. So, Roughing the Princess is a book that was on Amazon, is no longer on Amazon. Oh, wait. No, it says currently unavailable. So, here, here's the cover. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Now yeah. that I've seen the cover, I, I do remember. Yeah, that was unhinged. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's basically, um, it's Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey with very little, um, fictionalization yeah and it came out i feel like within a matter of hours after their relationship yeah it was like 10 days or something really short yeah um so you know awesome that people can write books that fast incredible i was about to say something really disparaging and i should just not you can tell me later (laughs) but so the thing the thing is I don't know. She probably got a cease and desist, honestly. Oh, shit. I mean, that's what I'm speculating. (laughs) I'm speculating that a cease and desist was part of the issue, but maybe not. Um, But it went crazy viral, and people were roasting it, Mm -hmm. and then it disappeared. I wonder, if it disappeared from the store, if you bought it, do you still have it? If it was on Kindle Unlimited and then it's gone, Kindle Unlimited, you're borrowing. So it could right, just like it just goes away. Yeah. So I imagine that that's possible that they could just take it and then like 
something that I've seen people get really upset about is they have a book on their Kindle. Mm-hmm. It has a certain cover. Yeah. And then the cover gets updated and they yes. don't get to opt into the new cover. That I've experienced that myself. And yeah. I'm like, what the, wait, what is this? Yeah. And it's just like, sure. It's just like you look at the cover for like a second when you pick up, but it's still like, if it's your digital library, it's your digital library. Like right. some people curate this. Some people like care about what they see when they open that screen on their Kindle or on the Kindle app. So, mm-hmm. so I think that we should go back to buying physical media as much as possible because for one thing, you won't lose it unless something happens to the physical copy. And you can also lend things to people, which helps with overconsumption. You can sell things secondhand, um, which is great when you need cash. I stay going to half price books when I run out of room on the quick shelf. infusion. <laughs> yes. Cash. <laughs> I need twenty bucks. The other day I went to half price books and I sold a bunch of books and made just enough to buy a book about money management. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called um let's see, do I have it over here? It's called like the witch's The Witch's yeah. Way to Well. Yeah, the Witch's Way to Well. Um, who's the publisher on that? Yeah. Publisher. Because there's also St. Martin's Press. God. Fuck if I can read from the distance. It just says, from the millennial money witch. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a white lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's actually Latina. Oh, okay. I think so. From Okay, so it's from Sourcebooks. Sourcebooks is okay, I think. So, um, yeah. Buy physical books, because then you'll have it. You can lend it out to people. You can sell it. And... The big reason. Yeah, I don't know. I I just, I have to get an adapter because my old DVD player that I haven't used in years literally does not plug into my TV. That's like the whole laptops don't even come with a CD drive. Yeah, you can buy one separate. (laughs) Those used to come standard children. (laughs) That's right. So my immediate thought about this conversation was like, I use my iPad mm-hmm. for reading constantly, but I only rarely actually buy ebooks. Mm-hmm. So I check them out from the library. Mm-hmm. But then what you had mentioned the other day mm-hmm. about batteries is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not because the, the thing I have already exists. Yeah. I'm not just going to throw it into the landfill, but like as far as thinking about future purchases. Yeah. So good segue. Let's talk about the Congo. Um, you can Google it. It is, I've only just begun to scratch the surface of that in my research because so much attention, rightfully, because that is like the big crisis right now, is what's happening in Gaza, what's being done to Gaza. But it has also brought attention to an ongoing issue of literal child slavery in Congo to mine resources that are necessary for anything that has a rechargeable battery. So any of your devices. So if you can hold off on buying new technology this Christmas, I would suggest doing that. What people are recommending is to just hold on to your tech, your phones, your laptops, your iPads, your Kindles for as long as possible. That's so antithetical to capitalism, though. Mm -hmm. It's like always be upgrading, always be updating. (sighs) That's just like treating everything as if it is disposable. Yes. 
And it's something that we can't get away from, but if you don't need to buy a Kindle this year, if you already have one, or if you can read on your phone on the free Kindle app, or mm-hmm. if you already have an iPad and you can read on there, then do so. So just try to avoid buying uh, any unnecessary rechargeable tech until something changes with how these resources are acquired. And that's the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> It's so fucking grim. It's dire. Um, But that being said, um, we do have some recommendations. Um, I wanted to mention some books that I think would be good to gift this season. And I have a thought that a good way to support small businesses, local businesses, is to make immersive book boxes. Hmm. So if you have a book that you've read that you really love and you want to give it to someone, like if you do a gift exchange, a way that you can dress it up and instead of it just being one book that you give someone, it's like, thanks for this book. Mm-hmm. You can make it more special by doing a themed box around that book. So for okay. example, if you were to give someone I'm in Love with Mothman mm-hmm. by Paige Lavoie, You could go on Etsy and you can find small businesses that do like a Mothman plush Mm -hmm. or earrings or stickers. You could do a recipe card for one of the recipes that Heather attempts to make in the book. You could thrift a lace tablecloth. Mm -hmm. Take a few bites out of it if you want it. Yeah. (laughs) You could, if you were doing an immersive box for how that makes you feel mm-hmm. you could do i don't know if it's ramune or Ramoon, but the strawberry soda with the little glass yes, ball. The glass ball yeah mm-hmm. you could do a bottle of that because that's camila's favorite soda um you could do if you know that it's someone who or you could find a disposable camera there's like dead tech websites and you can like get a disposable camera with expired film because the character the hero is a photographer mm-hmm. so you can just Get creative with what character details or what plot details stand out. And it's a good way to actually discover some smaller businesses. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's a way to go about this that could be really wasteful where you can just like buy a bunch of plastic crap from Amazon. But if you actually think about what's going in the box, what every item means, and you put a lot of thought in it. I think that that's fun for you, and it would make the recipient feel really special that you put a lot of thought into it. And then you can hand it to them and be like, here, I got you this book and this lace tablecloth that you can put out so that you can set the scene, and a candle that smells like a cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. so that you can get in the mood as you read it. And... I think the or a floral tea from like yeah. a local tea maker. Mm-hmm. We have Siscott tea in our area. Yeah. Instance. Yeah. I don't know. I want, I want to get your opinion on this. My instinct when giving gifts, which I generally resist, <laughs> as you know, because <laughs> I think we all already have too much stuff. And mm-hmm. like, if there's anything that we really want or need, we usually go to links to secure that for ourselves. Yeah. Um, I like to give people things that they can consume. Mm hmm. At like food or yeah. um, like toilet paper, yeah, <laughs> paper products. So my idea, I'm in one book uh, gift exchange with my mm-hmm. book club. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just everyone brings one gift. We sort of do it around the circle. Mm-hmm. I'm giving a frankincense and myrrh scented laundry detergent Ooh. from a local. Ba- I don't know if they're local, but they're 
It's called Zoom, Z-U-M. Okay. It smells amazing. And a packet from a local grocery store of making golden milk. So it's gold, frankincense, nice. and myrrh. Ah, very yeah. creative. <laughs> Thank you. But like, I don't know, maybe that is or isn't more ethical. My mm-hmm. whole thing is just like, I don't, people don't need another knickknack. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that my purchases are like going to an ethical source. But at least like, first you're trying to shop a small business, so that's generally better. But you are thinking of like, someone's going to use this. Like, yeah, I have someone in my life who gives me well-intentioned gifts that aren't things that really work very well they're kind of the gimmicky things that you might see in a buzzfeed post like gadgets yeah okay and it's things like i don't know i don't i don't want to give an example in case the person listens. <laughs> fair enough yeah um but but you know it's like things that yeah it seems like a fun idea in theory but like is this actually going to fit a need in my life is it something that actually works effectively mm-hmm. or is it going to break after a couple of uses mm-hmm. or be more trouble than it's worth right i'm um, kind of as seen on tv kind of thing yeah or for me i've fallen in this trap before like kitchen gadgets that have one very limited very specific use mm-hmm. like um these little things that you use to, or like little fingertip things that you use to pull out to hull strawberries. Ooh. I'm like, that is so specific. I can also use a paring knife yeah. to do this How thing. How often do you buy strawberries? Only a few times during the summer. Okay. Like, yeah, why, so... why would I need this thing? Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. I just, I want to get better about thinking about what I buy because sometimes I'll buy shit and I'll just have immediate buyer's remorse like Mm. why did I get this are you like me in that sometimes I'll be like I really need to get this thing Mm -hmm. I must have this thing I'll be happy (laughs) once I get this thing and then I get it and then like a couple weeks later I'm like why did I think that I needed that thing is that just me (laughs) I want to remind you of that one month that I hyperfixated on selkie dresses and spent $800. Was that only a month? It was $800 in one month, Meg. (laughs) Money that I did not have. Money that went on my Discover. Mm -hmm. I bought one secondhand. I'm like, oh, I'm getting a deal. And then I bought another one. And I bought another one. (laughs) At full price? No, I did buy one at full price, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like I went into some kind of, I don't know. Like a fugue stage. Yes, Yes. it was like, I remember talking to one of our friends about it because I was very aware of what I was doing, even though it was toxic and unhealthy. It was like, I just keep thinking, a girl who has a selkie dress doesn't have problems. Mm. Like, I know that's not true, but that's what, like, my... Yeah, psychologically, I was like, a girl who wears a selkie dress doesn't have problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I bought, like, four of them. Yeah, like, if I have this thing, I'll have arrived, mm-hmm. and I won't be so worried about everything, including the money yeah. that I'm spending on this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, <sighs> which brings me to Poshmark. Um, is a great place to buy secondhand. You can do it poorly, like I did, and buy a bunch of dresses that you don't need or you could use it like okay I need a I need a dress for a wedding what 
kind of dress do I want for this wedding? You type in some search terms. People have to, like, ship it out within a certain number of Mm -hmm. days. Um, You can check to make sure that the person is active, has been active recently, and that it's not a super old listing. Yeah, you can the last time they logged into their account. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it to be pretty risk-free. There was someone who I ordered something from that must have been really inactive on their account because they never shipped it out. Mm-hmm. And Poshmark just canceled the order and refunded me. I've only had good experiences yeah. on there. Yeah. And then anything that you have purchased, you can sell on Poshmark. You get a pretty good chunk of change back mm-hmm. after they take their cut. Um, I then reposhed all those selkie dresses. <laughs> so they all went back into Poshmark. And someone else who like wants to feel like a princess and like they don't have any problems could buy it. Yeah. And the reposhing is actually kind of convenient because mm-hmm. it's like that whole post that they originally mm-hmm. had. You can kind of just pull that and refresh it. Exactly. Any of the pictures that are now outdated, you can get rid of. You can take new ones. You can change the description. I've really enjoyed using that platform. They have a tech section. So if you mm-hmm. are looking to get new tech, check there first. Check on eBay. I have... F- more negative experiences with eBay. Not that I've gotten ripped off, but I just like don't like their interface. It kind of it feels me. like a time capsule. Sort yeah, of for me. <laughs> De- that's exactly right. There was a period where I was going through a time where I'm like, someone who has one of those infrared sauna blankets mm-hmm. has problems. Yeah, <laughs> do I need to have one of these or a massage chair? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was specifically looking at higher dose sauna blankets it's Mm -hmm. like a sleeping bag that just microwaves you Mm -hmm. from the inside out Mm -hmm. and they're like close to a thousand dollars um at at, like regular like first hand price Mm -hmm. and i saw a few on poshmark that were like down to 600 or 500 Mm dollars of course that was still too much for Mm -hmm. me but i'm just saying that kind of stuff is on poshmark definitely another good thing about buying secondhand is Say you're a fan of Taylor Swift and you're going to listen to her music, mm-hmm. but you're really upset at her because she hasn't said anything about any of the shit that's happening. And her movie is being screened in a certain occupying state. If you have her vinyl, you've paid her once and mm-hmm. you can listen to the music without putting more money in her pocket. You mean instead of streaming it? Yeah, instead of streaming it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the Harry Potter books and you bought them before you found out that J.K. Rowling was a raging transphobe, mm-hmm. you have them. If you really, really, really want them for some reason, you can go to Half Price Books and get them. They have like oh. 50 gazillion copies yes. of them. Yeah. That money is not going to her. Mm-hmm. So if you really need to consume... A specific thing that's under a boycott. Like, again, I'm not a virtuous person, but, like, I'm really trying to stick to my shit. I'm boycotting Marvel right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat that. I am boycotting Marvel. Sort of hard to wrap my brain around. (laughs) My Disney Plus subscription canceled. I was wanting... I've been wanting to see the... The Marvels movie for so long. Ms. Marvel's my favorite character. I was so excited. I cried when that trailer came out. And I was debating whether I was going to go see it because it's technically Disney and Disney was one of like the pressure targets in the boycotts. 
for Palestine, not officially a boycott, but like I was definitely feeling social pressure on social media to not consume anything Disney. And then by the time before I decided whether I was going to go see it or not, Marvel got added to the boycott list because of a character in Captain America 4 that okay. people want out. Okay. Um, so I haven't gone to see it. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to pirate shit. I don't want to get a virus <laughs> on my PC. Yeah, when was LimeWire? Like, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> been a long time. Twenty years ago. Yeah, this was an expensive fucking laptop that I just bought. Yeah, so. you're not gonna fuck it up. Yeah. So I don't know when I'm gonna see that movie, and it kind of breaks my heart. But also, like, that is the most first world of first world problems. And it kind of sucks because it, it features a prominent Muslim character and people are talking about how, oh, it bombed as an excuse to, like, dunk on women when it's, like, still made an insane amount of money. And also there was a actor strike. Mm-hmm. So it Could wasn't getting promoted. any promotion. And now there's a boycott. Mm-hmm. And those things factor in. But also I don't want to, like, go and say, like, no, like, it's it's because of these reasons because then I'm talking about it. And encouraging people to go see it, maybe. So, I don't fucking know, man. There's, It's so hard to know what the right thing to do is a lot of the time. I'm trying real hard. You are. And you've done a lot of research, and I appreciate that. Thank you. You want to talk about some books? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some books. Okay. Let's escape, yes. as we wish to do so often. Okay, so I've just given you a lot of ideas for how to shop in a way that does less fuckery into the world. Fuckery <laughs> onto the world. Okay. So I have some recommendations for books that you can give to different people in your life. So first, romance to give to people who don't read romance, who are curious about the genre. I like that. Yeah. These are books that might be shelved under fiction or more specifically women's fiction, literary fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are definitely romances. Mm-hmm. They're also less explicit. So they're good entry points for someone who maybe doesn't want to read a hardcore sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm I'm thinking of like the the books by authors that we love from the romance field, mm-hmm. but that are then popular at like Target for mm-hmm. your more mainstream audience. Yes. Yeah. So I would recommend a recent read of mine, which was Birds of California by Katie Catugno. That one is about a former child star, very Lindsay Lohan coded character who is working a regular job now. She kind of like completely burned out in public. And now they're talking about doing a reboot of the show that she was on and trying to get her to come back. And you find out, all the reasons why she was such a mess back then and why she doesn't want to do the show. And her co-star, who had played her brother, he's trying to convince her to come back. But then they kind of fall for each other. They always kind of liked each other when they were kids. And she doesn't trust that he actually likes her and it isn't just a ploy to get her to be on the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the other one I would recommend is Main Character Energy by Jamie Varon. And that one is about, it's another book about a young woman who's kind of become disillusioned with 
the path that her life had been on. And she's kind of given up on that. This is someone who wants to be a thriller writer. And she can't get published. And she just stops writing. Because it causes her so much pain. And then her brother, who never wrote growing up, he on a whim starts writing and then becomes a best-selling author. Which (laughs) really (laughs) twists the knife. But then her aunt, who was estranged from her mother, they've been having dinner with each other once a year, secretly. And then she dies and she leaves her this villa where she ran an artist retreat and says, you can sell it, but you got to run it for a year. Mm-hmm. That's the condition. You got to run it for a year and you got to write a book in that time. And then there's a grumpy man who works there who he thought he was going to inherit that mm-hmm. villa and the artist retreat. And he cannot understand how this woman finds this incredible opportunity to be this giant burden. Mm. So he really resents her. But then they fall in love. (laughs) Do you have any that you would like to add? For an intro? Mm -hmm. I think we had talked about I'm in love with Mothman for this category. Mm -hmm. Which I've only made it a little bit into the second book in the Mothman in Love Mm -hmm. series by Paige Lavoie. But I, I think it is a perfect entree into Mm -hmm. the genre because they'll come in thinking, oh my gosh, this premise is like so goofy. It's so Mm -hmm. silly. This influencer who is rejecting the influencer life and moving to a cabin in the woods and falling in love with a notorious cryptid. Mm -hmm. Like this is so goofy. And then they'll start reading it and be like, wait a fucking minute. Why is it so cute? Why am I crying? (laughs) (laughs) It's also a great intro to the monster fucking genre because he doesn't have a weird dick. That's true. And he has, like, a human form. Yeah. He's got, like, some little, even his human form, he's got, like, some little fangs and he's got his little furry, feathery Mm -hmm. antennas. We're like, we can, we can let that go. He doesn't have, like, a, like, spiky dick or anything like that. (laughs) He doesn't have a spur. He doesn't have a spur. (laughs) Barbed is the word I was Barbed, yes. (laughs) Does it have a barbed penis? Yeah, I think that that's a great entry because you either hear the premise and think that's so silly, or you hear the premise if you're Molly and you're like, (laughs) I need to get a lawyer. (laughs) Is it to me now? (laughs) Either way, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So my next category is um, books for people who like them thick. Which I thought meant one thing. Yes. (laughs) But what I mean is literally giant books. Mm -hmm. Many pages. You will spend time on this book. You could bludgeon an intruder with the book effectively. It it doubles as a weapon, which is great. (laughs) So... The first one I want to recommend is Real, R-E-E-L, by Kennedy Ryan, which many moons ago I recapped this with Melody on Heaving Bosoms. And you have a signed copy? Yeah, I got it at our local bookstore. I found out that she showed up there, and I, 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 don't, I didn't call them. I DM'd them on Instagram. And I'm like, like, who am I? A boomer? Yeah. <laughs> Get on the phone. 
And I was like, um, if this is still there, I want it. Please save it for me. And they did. But, like, this is independently published. Look how beautiful this is. Wow, I love that. And it has little screenplay segments. I I want to reread this because I originally listened to it on audio. And on audio, it's pretty cool because it has the songs. Because there's a musical component to this story. Okay, I love that. Um, It's... This is about a, an undiscovered actress who's getting her first big role and the director who she works with and their relationship and how she doesn't want to be thought of as like fucking her way to the top mm-hmm. and navigating that. And she also has a chronic illness that gets really, really bad over the course of her trying uh-huh. to make this movie about a character who's very like... It's giving a black Evelyn Hugo. Okay. The care, the actual historical figure that she's, she's making playing. a movie about. Mm-hmm. And so it's so multi-layered and it's just beautiful. And it talks about supporting a partner through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And just the love that these two people have for each other through so many transformations within a short time of their relationship and he's like a very grumpy very like closed off person but you find out about his passion for filmmaking and how it connects to his relationship with his mother and it's just beautiful um i have kennedy ryan's before i let go which i also got a signed copy at the bookstore um so i haven't read that and she has another one in that series coming that one's a second chance romance um but I want to get around to it eventually because I enjoyed this one so much. Also, the cover. Um, look at his arm. That's a vice. That's I love arm. Thick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love arm. <laughs> Good arm. This is this is beautiful. Like this is one of the most gorgeous independently published books I've ever seen. Like it's very well done. Mm-hmm. It is. Since we're talking about how thick it is, it is. 416 pages, but it's like a huge paperback. Yeah, it's not the little pocket size. <laughs> yeah, no, these, these pages are big. <laughs> and then I don't want to talk about this one too much because I've talked about it a lot lately, but I'm knocking books over in my office. Um, but this is cool. Um, Flowers from the Storm by Laura Kinsale. <sighs> my heart. I keep wanting to reread this. So I can annotate it because I got a physical copy. This one is a mass market paperback and it's a thick mass market paperback. So it's like the little book, which I usually don't like. And it is in this format, almost 600 pages. And that deserves every page. Yeah, I would read 300 more. (laughs) I would read 300 more. I would read five sequels about this couple. It's so good. Um, Yeah, that was a, there's like a, there's a BCAD aspect to reading this book for me. There's like before I read Flowers mm-hmm. for the Storm. Yes. And then there's now. It it <laughs> changed me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a historical Neither girly. Neither am I. Yeah. Neither am I. Which is part of what appealed to me about Real because there's, it's contemporary, but there are flashbacks to recent history a few decades ago versus a few centuries ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an area of historical romance that I'm more interested in exploring. Mm-hmm. So 
Those are my recs for thick books. <laughs> and the next category is sci-fi fantasy. And these are both books that Meg introduced me to. One that I haven't read yet. So The Darkness Outside Us by Elliot Schreffer. Would you mm-hmm. like to talk about that one? Jesus. That it's one, been a while. That one, um, I was recommending it to someone, other Liz, the other mm-hmm. day because she was um, in a book club. I was asking everyone what genres they normally read, and mm-hmm. she was like, you know, I like I like a lot of gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I also like speculative fiction, mm-hmm. uh, dystopian type mm-hmm. things. And I was like, bitch, have I got a book for yeah. you? Um and I was like, you're going to love it. It's going to break your heart mm-hmm. a million times. And then, like, mostly put it back together. And I was just scared the shit out of you. It was. Because the whole time scary. I was like, what is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's marketed as a YA. But it did not feel like a YA to me. No. It felt, it felt more like new adult i don't know if people are still using the term new adult but it felt more like college age Mm -hmm. more like people who have fucked (laughs) (laughs) like this is not (laughs) this is not (laughs) i think the main characters are both supposed to be 17 um but but they're futuristic 17 it's different in the future they've been they've been trained to be spacefarers their Mm -hmm. whole lives so you enter into this world with a spacefarer coming to on a spaceship, mm-hmm. being like, oh, wow, I must have passed out during the launch. Mm-hmm. Shit, I can't remember. I'm mm-hmm. having, like, amnesia for things. Um, talking to the AI system aboard and realizing mm-hmm. that actually there's another spacefarer on board as well. Mm-hmm. That's not the plan. Mm-hmm. And they sort of have to figure out... Gee, why yeah. can't either of us remember the launch? And they're from a warring nation. Yes. Yeah, they're from opposing nations, um, Federation and Democratia. Mm-hmm. And uh, U.S. I, and Russia. Yes. <laughs> yes. Federation is <laughs> Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very clearly. <laughs> if you listen to the audiobook, then uh, they make those accents pretty clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is dark. Mm-hmm. I won't say that it's not. It's quite dark. Surprisingly um, dark. It was surprisingly dark, and it, it is, I won't say that it's, like, super graphic sexually, but, like, things happen, mm-hmm. and they're clear about that. Yeah. So I don't know that I would describe it as, like, yeah, young adult, like mm-hmm. I was saying. Um, I felt, I did not feel infantilized, like, reading it mm-hmm. at all. Um, you will cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully you'll be, like, a little hopeful at the yeah, end. Yeah, I think that it has a very hopeful ending. Yeah. It makes you think about it's hard to talk about this book without any spoilers it It makes you think about identity Mm -hmm. and duty and artificial intelligence artificial intelligence loneliness yeah um it's it's not like any other sci-fi romance that i've read no sci-fi or paranormal so it was very interesting yeah and then the next one i have not read, you've read and loved it. The Spirit Bears Its Teeth by Andrew Joseph White. Yeah, a thousand percent recommend. Read everything mm-hmm. that Andrew Joseph White <laughs> writes. I gotta catch up. I know. Wait, did you read? Um, oh, I didn't read Hell Followed with, with Us. us. Mm-hmm. Okay. You read it with Deanna I when um, I was on maternity leave. 
If you like Andrew Joseph White's style, you're going to like both books. Mm -hmm. But for Deanna, she's a horror junkie. Mm -hmm. So um, that first book had a lot of body horror and discussion of identity Mm -hmm. and religious trauma specifically. Mm -hmm. So, like, you kind of have to be in a place where you can handle that. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one, The Spirit Bears Its Teeth, whereas the first, these are not connected, but Mm -hmm. that was his first novel, Mm -hmm. um, Hell Followed With Us. They're similarly packaged. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art, which is great. The mm-hmm. cover art for both of them, very custom. Um, uh, whereas Hell Followed With Us is set in a dystopian, not-too-far mm-hmm. future with, like, a biological weaponry situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spirit Bears Its Teeth is set in the late 1800s in London, a alternate universe version um, where... The other one was more sci-fi. This one is more occult, um, magical, mm-hmm. um, and definitely has discussions about identity, d- disability identity, gender mm-hmm. identity, um, family ties and what those mean, um, the ties of being people who have been marginalized by society, whether that's because of disability or because of gender um, and it's a trans for trans story. It is a trans for trans story, and it's not, it is not beating you over the head with this, but it's hard, you cannot ignore it, that it's also about colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's great. It's spooky. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit gory, but it is a romance. Yeah. And so I'll just, for me, that just keeps me on through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. Recommend. So... We've talked about books that are kind of branded as YA, but I didn't have those in the YA category. I do have a separate um, recommendation that's specifically for the youngins. Uh, Belladonna and Foxglove by Adeline Grace. Yes. Um, It's historical YA paranormal romance Mm -hmm. about a young woman with special abilities Mm -hmm. and her relationship with death. Uh, the second book picks up with their relationship and also introduces the character of Fate. Fate. It's it's quite good. It's uh first one is a murder mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second one is more well, second one is also a murder mystery. <laughs> but, but there's, yeah. but there's <laughs> some other twists yeah, in it. There's some other twists in it in the world building, and then Wisteria will be the third one. That one comes out next year. Um we've talked about those before, so I don't want to spend too much time on them but i love them and again if we're talking about physical media and the value of it those covers are incredible they are they're so pretty um and then the last like specifically romance thing that i wanted to mention was you wanted to talk about more actually because it is holiday themed yeah i mean we're at the beginning of december now so if you're gonna be in any early in the month book exchanges, mm-hmm. gift exchanges, I think it might be a good gift, um, especially if you're a fellow millennial mm-hmm. and have a soft spot for the very troubling um, movie Love Actually. I've still never <laughs> seen it. You know, you don't <laughs> I really need to. Need to. Yeah. <laughs> but Amore Actually is a wonderful collection of short stories that take their inspiration from Love Actually mm-hmm. um, and have a more a less troubling um, take on those things and um 
the one that I'm specifically remembering as a great one where the main character is very clearly like a version of J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know. It's just fun. It's great. I don't know if I would give it to someone on Christmas Day because, I don't know, you're kind of burnt out on Christmas mm-hmm. at that point. But if you have an early in the month gathering, I think that would be fun. Yeah, that's a good pick. So my next recs are just some rapid fire non-romance books that I've really enjoyed this year. First one is by Palestinian writer Susan Abuhawa. It's called Against the Loveless World. It is, ugh, it'll just rip your fucking heart out. Yeah. So it's about this young woman. It's set in, um, I can't remember the timeline. I want to say that it's like 90s, early 2000s is the timeline of when it happens. But um, the book starts out with she is in an Israeli prison. And she is reflecting on her life and the circumstances that brought her to an Israeli prison. And her parents, her grandparents were Palestinian. They had to flee during the Nakba. She's grown up in Kuwait. She loves Kuwait. But she's grown up, like, not really connecting to Palestine because she hasn't really been there. Mm -hmm. But hearing all about it and you see how displacement never ends Mm. and how it keeps going and how it's just like you keep having to restart your life. And she gets first kind of tricked and then blackmailed into sex work. Oh, shit. In a very not empowering, very not, like, (laughs) nice clients who treat her with respect way. Very much, like, out of necessity, like, well, I've got to help my brother to be able to go to school so he can make something of himself so he can have a good life and like we're gonna get evicted like and um her complicated relationship with the older woman who is essentially her pimp okay and who who like invited her to a party and she didn't realize the kind of party that she was going to and she thought she was doing her a favor because she is um she got abandoned by her husband um and she she becomes okay so this is the part of the book that i find interesting because you live your life and throughout your experiences you start to care about things that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise because they affect you and we start to see someone become what a lot of people would call radicalized. Mm-hmm. You know, this was not like someone who from birth was like Palestinian liberation. Like she did not care mm-hmm. as a young woman about like what her mom and grandma were always talking about. She's just living her life. Mm-hmm. Right. But the political becomes personal over and over and over again, up until the point that she meets a man, her ex-husband's brother okay who brings her into a resistance group okay so she finds herself the thing that gets her in a prison you find out what it is and it does a really good job of laying out the reasons why the group did what they did and if if that makes you if that makes you feel squicky i think that that's a good thing because then you can question like, okay, but why does it, they don't, what they do is not what happened on October 7th. Mm -hmm. So let's say that if that would put you off of reading it, it's not that it's more like a slow strategic 
thing to try to push settlers out. Mm-hmm. And the conditions under which she's kept are just like crazy and inhumane. And it really shows you how someone can just completely lose their hope when mm-hmm. they are being so intensely oppressed. The book is ultimately very hopeful, um, but it was recommended by another author that I have on this list, Sim Kern. And they specifically said, this book will radicalize you. And I think that that's true. And I think that the word radicalize has a lot of negative connotations. Right. But it really made me feel like just this deep fury. Like, you don't fucking treat people like this. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, Sim Kern made a video talking about, like, anyone who, before you fix your mouth to say anything about this conflict, I'm begging you to read one book, any book by a Palestinian author. So I would say, read this book. This is probably the best book I've read all year. I want to read Mornings and Janine by this author next, um, because that one, I know that Against the Loveless World has some real event inspiration that... She had to keep confidential for obvious reasons. Hmm. But I think that Mornings and Janine has actual historical documents in it. Okay. So I'm looking forward to reading that one and seeing how it compares. That one, I think, was written before Against the Loveless World. Um, Since I mentioned Sim Kern, I want to talk about their book next, um, which is a contemporary. Sim Kern is a Jewish author who's been very vocally pro-Palestine, and I've learned a lot from them. But... I was already following them because I read their book, The Free People's Village, Mm -hmm. which they describe as an an, an, an anarcho-communist book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's set in an alternate present where Al Gore became president. And instead of a war on terror, we had a war on climate. Except because we're the United States, we did it all wrong and did it in the way that would incentivize the wealthy while making life really hard for everyone else mm-hmm. um and it talks about resistance and how the different philosophies behind it and also like how as many like green policies as we implement if they don't come from a foundation of addressing like the root ills of our society which is white supremacist capitalism it's it's going to be more of the same. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting um, and also devastating. Not a romance. There's a romantic subplot, but I'm going to spoil it for you right now. It's not romance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do not go into it thinking it's a romance. Um, similarly devastating, The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. So good. I listened to the audio read by Michelle Williams, who did a really good job of capturing Britney without imitating her. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I found interesting. Um, I think that would be worth owning on hardcover. It's a really short book. The audiobook was only five hours, mm-hmm. a little less than six hours. And then my last book rec is Slewfoot by Brahm, which we've talked a little bit about. Um, Feminine Rage. Um, these are colonizers. <laughs> so, like, since we're talking about anti-colonialist books, this is about, like, the Puritans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's interesting to look at it from the perspective of like how how patriarchy hurts everyone. <laughs> yeah. And how it's always been bad for women. So that's kind of interesting. It's supernatural and it's horror and 
there's an element to it that could be romantic, although it's not explicitly laid out as such. Whew. That was a long one. Yeah, sorry. No. Do you have any to add? Thank you for sharing those. Um, can you say the name and the author of that the Palestinian book? It's called Against the Loveless World by Susan Abuhawa. Okay. I have that one on paperback. I bought it after the fact. She reads the audiobook. The author oh, does. Wow. And it's amazing. Okay. Like I don't know if she has a performance background at all, but she reads it like like an Academy Award winning actor. Wow. So good. Thank you for sharing your research and expertise. You're welcome. Um, I feel I feel terrified talking about this on the podcast. I worry about alienating people, and then I feel ashamed that I worry about that. And I also feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing and not be eloquent enough because I don't know enough. But, um, you know, some of you listen to us, and we talk about books, so I just gave you some books. <laughs> and you can read them. You can not read them, like with anything else that we mention. Um you can agree with why we went about this episode this way or not. Or you could just look at it as ideas to save you money. And that's fine. But that's what I've got. And I was also going to say um, you should give someone Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's, that has been a joy generator yeah, for you. That's my overall. <laughs> my overall wreck. Um I'll just narrow down my other picks of three things. One video game, Stardew Valley. Um, the Unused Sticker Club book. It's from an Etsy shop. It's just like wax paper pages, kind of. So you can put stickers on there. And you can, can you take them yeah, off I'll show, again? Yeah, I'll show it to you. If all of you were like me, which is that you had a collection of stickers, which were coveted. Mm -hmm. And then you wouldn't stick them anywhere because you didn't want to waste Exactly them. that. That is the purpose of this. So wow, I will put the link to that Etsy shop. <laughs> Here comes the, the hobby. Yeah. <laughs> that is from the shop that I got the book from. And this Neuro Spicy sticker is from that shop. So I got a few stickers with the sticker book. And then um, my favorite recent tarot deck, the Cozy Witch Tarot deck. I would recommend that one if you listen to our episodes and enjoy the tarot portions. Meg's just looking through my stickers now. I love stickers. This is the best of both worlds. Because mm -hmm. you don't have to be like, oh, I just used the sticker. And yeah. It doesn't feel quite so permanent. Yeah. It's so nice. So I could, like, it's nice to have them there. Mm -hmm. Like, I can flip through and look like, look at all the stickers I've collected. But mm -hmm. if I decide, like, I want to put one somewhere, I can that was when we went to the bar and I saw someone I was like, uh, your hair is amazing. And she was a stylist there and she gave me her card and a sticker. It's okay. the hair salon that Meg gets her hair done at. I I have it because <laughs> I, I don't go to some You DIY. I DIY. But yeah. Do you have any other picks to add? No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for letting me talk at you. Thanks for talking. Yeah. I appreciate it. We're going to sign off now and go have more drinkies and Meg brought Pringles and Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> because Cinnamon Toast Crunch is my favorite cereal. So we're going to go have more of that. So uh, thank you for listening. Um, happy holidays. May you make it through. May you make it through. Sometimes that is 
the best any of us can hope for. So mm-hmm. until next time, air kisses. Mm-hmm.